Hello, I'm Connor Sweetman, and welcome to InsureTech Radio, the podcast about insurance innovation, technology, and entrepreneurship. This week, I'm delighted to welcome Bill Sunnison, the co-founder and CEO of Bindable. Bindable help brands who want to distribute insurance products and help insurance companies to streamline their affinity and alternative distribution channels. We talk about how Bindable works with brands and with carriers, about what's happening in the affinity market more generally, and about the entry of big tech into the insurance industry. So please enjoy. Bill, you're very welcome to InsureTech Radio. How are you? Great. Thanks, Connor. Thanks for having me. So, Bill, you're the CEO and co-founder of Bindable. Love the name, by the way. Uh, tell me a little bit about your business. Yeah, thanks, Connor. And thanks again for the opportunity. Yeah, first of all, the name Bindable, uh, we changed our name to Bindable a few years ago, and it has resonated. It's resonated well with the industry. And you wouldn't believe how many times we're on in meetings or on calls when the term Bindable gets mentioned, that policy is Bindable or it's a Bindable quote. It's really interesting. And we just kind of laugh to ourselves when we hear it because it, it just, it's really interesting. Our, our business, and I'll get into that here in a second, but our business is focused on enabling partners to enabling carriers and intermediaries to more efficiently manage their sponsor distribution. So in many ways, you know, we're working with organizations that are bound together by similar interests. So anyway, uh, yeah, Bindable is an alternative distribution platform. We enable carriers and intermediaries to more efficiently grow their business through sponsored channels. We also enable brands or adjacencies to enter the insurance business. We started as a digital agency, exclusively focused on acquiring customers through affinity channels. Interestingly enough, we built, we have an amazing technology team, and they built a platform really for our own agency to do what we do now, which is more efficiently manage our own affinity client relationships. And um, Carrier came to see us in 2017 and asked us if we would ever license our platform. Even though we had built it for ourselves, the light bulb went off. And in 2018, we began licensing our distribution platform to carriers, intermediaries, other brands, anyone that really wanted to offer insurance to their constituents. And what were the steps between those two points? Because I imagine, yeah, like how did you react when he first told you that? And then like, what was the first step to actually making it a real product? We first, you know, had decided would someone actually take it if we built it? So the first thing we had to do was build all the firewalls for our software. Our software is called Policy Crusher. That's our agent software. Another great name. <laughs> yeah, thanks. And uh, uh, there's a story behind all of these things too, Connor. Um, but uh, we built out the firewalls in 2017 and signed our first client and launched our first client in 2018. And really, there was a lot of work that went into it between those things. But I guess the most important thing is everything, because we have two parts of our business, we have our technology business and we have our own digital agency, everything that we started offering to third parties, we were able to pilot or test within our own agency. So initially, the product that we launched is the same product that our agency uses. And as we created and built enhancements to that product, we always test it within our own agency see if it works because our agency as a standalone business acquires customers through affinity groups. It doesn't go direct to consumers. So we had the advantage of being able to, those steps between, as you said, we had the advantage of being able to learn within our own agency and test within our own agency before we brought it out to third parties. You've been in the affinity business for quite a while. How have you seen the change then over maybe over the last 10 or so years? 
I think the opportunity for our business has been the you know digital transformation of insurance has been going on, as you know, for 10, 12 years, right? InsureTech is now, I don't know, a six-year-old term or something like that. We found that the digital transformation of affinity distribution was lagging behind. Many of the leading carriers and brokers here in the U.S. that do affinity marketing were still acquiring most of their customers from direct mail. And, and direct mail still works for a lot of industries. It does. It's just expensive and it's limiting. And I think consumers' expectations have certainly changed. So we saw an opportunity to help those market leaders transform their business with digital tools. And that's what we really set out to do to say, hey, we've done this ourselves. We know what works and what doesn't work. How can we help the industry do this and transform their businesses? So we've really focused our business and our technology work on identifying those tools that can help with alternative distribution or sponsored distribution. So what's the process for you guys? So whether it's, say, from a brand approaching you or an insurer approaching you, what are the steps then to actually get the product up and running? Yeah, no, good, great question. Typically, I'd say it's been a good mix of brands and carriers and intermediaries, brokers and agents finding us, hearing about us. We haven't done a lot of B2B marketing yet. We've just started doing more this year. So typically, we'll, you know, through networking relationships or organizations will find us. And what we'll do is we'll try to evaluate if that, let's take an, an insurance carrier, for an example. If an insurance company says, I know that I've got independent agents, but I need to offer my products on a direct basis. Or maybe it's a direct carrier that needs to offer their products through agents. Or it could be one of those two, and they want to offer their products through preferred or sponsored channels. So once what we do is we provide them the tools to do that. And that means we will set up their agents to utilize Policy Crusher to cross-sell and respond to leads. We'll create a white-label marketplace for that insurance company. So think about a Geico, for instance, has a massive insurance agency, or a USA, they have massive insurance agencies, and they only manufacture so many products. What we want to do is enable those insurance companies to create these agencies to cross-sell products that they may not manufacture. And we can do it on a white-label basis or a co-branded basis with the other product provider. And when we say they can offer that product on the front end, so their customers or their agencies' customers can buy other products during a relevant moment. So I always think about someone's buying a home insurance policy potentially. And at the end of that home insurance policy, they may have said they had a dog on the home insurance application. So it get, we would then make that agent or that carrier can make an offer to sell them pet insurance, even though it's not their product, but they're keeping that customer. That customer is not going somewhere else for that pet insurance policy or maybe a home warranty policy. So it's about creating the tools that enable that carrier, or that agent to cross-sell relevant products, to make them available seamlessly in a personalized manner to their customers. That's really cool. And you mentioned Geico. And so it's funny because... Um... I'm from Ireland, here in the United States. Like Geico, even for me, is a very recognizable brand, even though they don't do business in Ireland. I just would have heard of that brand over the years. Are insurers with brands as strong as Geico coming to you for this type of support? Uh, some are, yeah. We have some very good brands, both brokers and carriers that we work with today. Geico is, a, I think right now, is the second or third largest auto insurance carrier in the U.S., they don't use our technology today, but uh, I certainly would like them to. <laughs> uh, well, Warren, if you're listening, get on to Bill. Exactly. Thanks. No problem. <laughs> That's how we get our leads right there. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we do work with a lot of big brands. And I think um, I think as the market hardens, right, and as InsureTech 
becomes more mature. We're starting to see some insure techs are going public, others emerging into new businesses, others aren't making it, right? I think the key value proposition we believe we bring is distribution advantage. And, you know, technology is comes and goes, right? And someone can always build a better widget. But it's really about having distribution advantage, meaning we want to enable brokers and carriers to get access to the customers they want to get access to. And we want to help them do that through preferred channels. And as this market hardens, and everyone says this market's already going hard, right? InsureTechs that don't drive profitable customers are going to have, be, the carriers are going to be less interested in working with them, and especially the intermediaries. So, you know, the sort of insure, InsureTech 1.0 was all these aggregator sites, which I know were much more popular in Europe than they were in the U.S. for a long time. And I'd say it's probably because we have 50 regulators and most of these European countries have one, right? But the aggregators were very popular over there. When the aggregators first came to the U.S., you know, they provide a great value proposition to the consumer to shop for insurance, but you end up getting a lot of online shoppers. So the profitability of those customers may not have been as high in the early days. And carriers are being much more selective in who they take leads from. So what we've tried to do is say, let us provide the tools to the intermediaries and the carriers that want to create their own agencies to access the better customers. And better customers can really be defined by whoever they define as their best customer. But we believe when the market hardens, just online shoppers are going to be the least profitable customers. And those that come through adjacencies of preferred channels are probably going to be the most profitable. And again, when carriers and brokers are going to need to separate themselves by having better distribution. So where do you see Affinity going? Like a lot of people talk about uh, the big tech players getting into insurance and people seem anxious about that type of scenario. I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. You know, competition is always good. It makes us all better. But what are your thoughts on Amazon and Facebook getting into insurance? You know, I think they, I think Amazon could be, uh, and I know they're testing some different things around the world, but Amazon would be a great insurance intermediary. I mean, there's no doubt about it. They have the brand they have the customer experience, they have the convenience, they have the data. I think they are a natural to get into insurance. You saw Walmart just got into insurance. I think you'll start to see more and more of these brands want to monetize insurance differently. Customers want personalized offers. They want convenience, and these brands provide that. So I think you'll start to see more of these brands enter the insurance business, and it may be in different niches. It may be not broad, but in things that they think that they provide value in. And I think the industry has to be ready for it. I don't think they necessarily need to be insurance companies. I think they can partner with the right companies, the right technology providers to provide solutions to consumers. You know, it was about four or five years ago, Accenture did some research. I always cite it. It said 67% of consumers are willing to buy insurance from a non-insurance brand. And that number has to have increased since then. So it's really about personalization, convenience, choice, those types of things. And these brands, people will go to brands they trust for products that make sense. So I think you'll continue to see new entrants into the business. You'll continue to see carriers diversify more, even though they don't underwrite it. If you think back you know, 20 years ago, carrier didn't necessarily sell someone else's product, right? If they didn't manufacture it, they didn't sell it. Now you're seeing more and more carriers sell products they don't manufacture because they want to keep their customers engaged because those customers want the right packages as consumers. And you'll start to see 
large insurance companies be brands for other products that you may not have thought of them for. So when I think of brand marketing and new entrants, I believe you'll see life and health companies in the PNC space. You'll see PNC companies in the life and health space. And then you'll see all of these new entrants partnering with intermediaries and carriers to create these services for consumers. I don't think old affinity is going anywhere anytime soon. I think it's really about, I mean, especially in Europe, you see with the open APIs, so many financial institutions that are in the insurance business, we're seeing more and more of that in the US. Professional associations, you know, employers here, are one of the biggest, you know, obviously the biggest um, source for health insurance in the country is your employer. Um, they're also some of the largest distributors of life insurance and PNC products. So I think you'll start to see and companies that um, digital media companies like Acorns and Credit Karma and these companies, they all have big insurance lead businesses. So consumers are willing to go to these other places if, they're, if it's convenient. And do you think these big brands are aware of this potential opportunity? Because most people don't think of insurance as like sexy industry or dynamic industry, especially people who don't work in insurance. <laughs> so like do people, people in other industries recognize that? I think some do. Walmart now doing health insurance, I think they're seeing the opportunity. You know, there's some risk to these brands getting into the insurance business. I would say a big brand getting, look at Tesla, right? They are creating their own insurance company. And what they come out last week is that they expect to have, you know, third of their revenue come from insurance, something like that. I read, I think there's risk to brands getting too much into the insurance business. It's got to be an ancillary offer to keep customers engaged. But what you don't want to do is damage your brand because you became an insurance company whose rates were too high or you became an insurance company who didn't provide a great claims experience. You don't want to ruin your primary relationship with the customer because of your insurance relationship. You want it to be complementary to the primary part of your business. So you see a lot of OEMs offering insurance, right? They're offering insurance as a benefit to their customers, but there's an arm's length around that experience post-sale, right? You don't want your brand to be damaged because, you know, there was a car accident and the consumer, you know, didn't believe the claim was adjudicated properly, right? I think there's a fine line with brands getting into the insurance business. I'd say some probably need to listen to your podcast and hear about us and be told that they should get into it. And others, and I think many of them are thinking about it. Cool. Well, Bill, thanks a million for your time. Um, do you have any parting words for our audience before I let you get back to your day? Oh, sure. Thank you. I would just say there's a lot of money going, billions and billions of dollars investment capital going into insure tech. I think it's important to remember that distribution does matter and distribution advantage does matter. Technology is not the hardest part, right? I think it was the Swiss Re CEO said that at ITC last week. It's really about uh, selling and the distribution is the hard part. And then the other thing I'd say, there's a lot of money going into companies that provide delightful experiences, right? But I'd say the industry shouldn't overestimate how much consumers like insurance, right? They just need to make it easier. I couldn't agree more. We just need to make it easier for consumers because I don't think anyone really loves insurance, right? We do, right, Connor? But most people don't wake up thinking about how great their insurance experience was. They just want it to be personalized, convenient, and they want it to be easy. So I think if we can do that as an industry, make it the experience a little bit easier, and that might mean getting it from a trusted brand, getting it from a trusted partner, getting an, an alternative product from a carrier that may be not known for that product. That's important, and just don't overestimate how much consumers would actually like insurance. Thanks, Bill. So where can people go to find out more about you and Bindable? 
Sure. Well, bindable.com is our website. We have a LinkedIn page as well. People can reach me on LinkedIn or they can email me anytime at bsunnison at bindable.com. And, um, you know, I just want to say thank you, Connor, for, um, first of all, for everything you're doing. I've read about InsureTech Ireland. It sounds like you guys are doing some pretty cool stuff over there and for the success of your InsureTech radio here. And thanks for letting us speak with you today. Well, it's my pleasure, Bill. Thanks for joining me. All right. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on LinkedIn. And please visit our website, insuretechireland.org. See you next week.